You're listening to The Living Word with Danny Hodges of Calvary Chapel Fellowship in St. Pete. wife read Marv Rosenthal's book years ago, shared his findings with me so I didn't have to read the book. And he had some good things to say and some scriptures. You just go, wow, yeah, yeah. And so here's the deal. It appears to me that God has put scriptures in the Bible to cause people to have all these different views. Which one is right? Good question. Through the years, there's been much confusion amongst believers over the prophecy contained in the book of Revelation. One commentator or pastor can have a completely different understanding of the timeline, events, and locations than another. As Pastor Danny will remind us in today's message, this subject shouldn't cause division in the church. We need to approach it with a desire not only to find truth, but to love each other and keep unity with each other in Christ through our disagreements. Now here's Pastor Danny in the book of Revelation, chapter 4, with today's edition of The Living Word. Revelation chapter 4, we have now come to the end of the messages contained in chapters 2 and 3, seven messages to seven chosen churches, but they are meant to be messages for the church until Jesus comes. And after the messages, we get to chapter 4, and here's what John the Apostle says, verse 1. After this, I looked, and there before me was a door standing open in heaven. And the voice I had first heard speaking to me like a trumpet said, Come up here, and I'll show you what must take place after this. After this. After what? Seven messages, seven churches. The outline for the book was chapter 1, verse 19. John is told right there for what you have seen. He saw the resurrected Christ. What is now, it is my opinion, what is now is the church age and what will take place later after the church age. It is no accident and it is significant that in chapter 4, after the seven messages to the seven churches, messages for the church age, John is raptured. This is one of the verses that causes me to believe in what's called the pre-trib rapture view. There's a seven-year period coming upon the world known as the great tribulation. Beginning in chapter four and following after John sees things in heaven and God on his throne, 
Then Jesus begins to open the seals of God's wrath being poured out on the earth in that seven-year period known as the Great Tribulation. That is the majority of the book of Revelation. That's what it's about. And I believe here, as John is raptured, the after this begins to take place, the Great Tribulation. But it's not the only text and the only reason I believe that. In Revelation 1 through 3, you find the word church 19 times, 19 times. You don't see the word church again until Revelation chapter 22, verse 16, after the second coming of Jesus Christ. Another reason, I don't believe the church is here during the great tribulation. And then you have what I believe is one of the great reasons for the rapture. And you find it in John chapter 14. Now, This is especially today a Bible study. I'm going to be turning to a lot of verses. Try to keep up, but if you can't keep up, pause, pay attention, listen, make some notes. John chapter 14. The disciples are perplexed. Jesus is headed for the cross. He's been telling them repeatedly what's going to happen this particular trip into Jerusalem. They don't get it. And he says here, verse 1, John 14, do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God, trust also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms or many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I'm telling you the truth, he's saying. I'm going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me so that you also may be where I am. And where he is, is much better than where we are. He's promised to come and to take us out of here. Now, you go to passages like 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, and the context, the context, we'll read more of it in a bit, but for now, trust me, the context of where I'm going to read from is the second coming of Christ and the most famous passage, the end of chapter 4 of 1 Thessalonians, on the rapture of the church. Notice what he says, chapter 5, verse 9. The Apostle Paul, For God did not appoint us to suffer wrath, but to receive salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. He didn't appoint us to suffer wrath. The time of wrath, as it's also called, is this period known as the Great Tribulation. One more I'll throw out to you, Uh, Revelation 3.10, we covered it recently, the message to the church of Philadelphia, and he says to them, because you've endured patiently and because of your faithfulness, I'm going to keep you from the hour of trial that's coming upon the world to test those who live on the earth. He's talking about the great tribulation. And so there are a lot of verses. There are more I could share if I had time. It causes me to be one who takes the pre-trib rapture view. I believe before the great tribulation, we'll be raptured out of here. I feel led to give you one more scripture. 
And because of time, let me just give you the reference. Daniel chapter 9, verses 24 to 27. Daniel is given a prophecy of the end times, if you will, the times to come. And it's divided into sections. There's a reason for that. There's an issuing of the decree to rebuild Jerusalem, rebuild the temple. That period ends. Then there's a period of time. And at the end of that time, the Messiah, the anointed one, will be cut off. That's the cross. It's a total of 490 years of human history. The 483rd year has already been fulfilled. That's when the Messiah is cut off. And then there's a final seven. And if you read that text, there's a final seven. And that final seven is when Antichrist comes to power. In the middle of that seven, he breaks a covenant that he makes with Israel. He puts an end to the sacrifice at the temple. He sets himself up in the temple. And that is called the abomination of desolation because he claims then to be God. Here's the point. You have the divisions. 483 years ends that section, Messiah is cut off. But it doesn't tell us when the final seven begins. The apostle Paul tells us in the New Testament, there was this mystery that was not revealed to the Old Testament believers or the Old Testament prophets. It's called the church age, where because of Israel as a nation, they rejected their Messiah, and now God has opened up the spiritual blessings that come through a Jewish Messiah to a Gentile world. And now it's primarily the Gentile church that's driving the gospel around the world. But God knew that would happen. It's called the church age. And from the Messiah being cut off at the cross and Israel as a whole rejecting their Messiah and now Gentiles being grafted in spiritually to Israel, and I'm so thankful for that. I'm a Gentile. And for this undisclosed period of time, the church age, until the final seven. And again, I believe the final seven begins when the church is raptured. But there are some challenges. There are some challenges. What do you mean? Well, well, you go to 1 Thessalonians again, and now you back up to chapter 4. And the most popular passage on the rapture of the church, chapter 4, verse 13. Brothers, uh, we don't want you to be ignorant about those who fall asleep, physically die, or to grieve like the rest of men who have no hope. We believe that Jesus died and rose again, and so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in him, because they're in heaven. According to the Lord's own word, we tell you that we who are still alive, who are left till the coming of the Lord, that's his second coming, when he stands upon the Mount of Olives, will certainly not precede those who have fallen asleep, for the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. After that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so we will be with the Lord forever. Therefore, encourage each other with these words. Now, me as a pre-tribber, I find a way, based on the other verses I gave you, to, to say that there's a second coming, Mount of Olives, 
But before the second coming, there's a rapture of the church where he takes us home. He comes in the clouds. And I got some verses that caused me to believe that. But the trumpet mentioned here, the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet call of God and the dead in Christ will rise first. You take that scripture, despite what I believe, and you match it up with passages like 1 Corinthians chapter 15. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. If you're turning, if you find it, go all the way to near the end of the chapter, verse 50. Here's what it says. Paul writes, I declare to you, brothers, flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. Listen, I tell you a mystery. We'll not all sleep, but we'll all be changed in a flash, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet. There's the rub. What last trumpet? God said to me after last service, God showed me a few years ago, there are two trumpets, one for the rapture, one for the end. The last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound, the dead will be raised imperishable, and we will be changed, which is what 1 Thessalonians says. When is the question? And you have people that match up scriptures like 1 Corinthians 15 and 1 Thessalonians 4, and you see they are not pre-tribbers. We know the Lord. We love the Lord. We're brothers, sisters in the Lord, but we see it differently. And they are, believe it or not, post-tribbers. They believe the church goes through the entire tribulation period and that, uh, that the rapture takes place almost simultaneous with the second coming. They believe we go through all of the tribulation. And that's not my view. That's what they believe. And since you're so alert, since you're paying attention, go with me to... Well, even before, let me give you some other scriptures. For the sake of time, Revelation eleven fifteen, Revelation 13, 7, Daniel 7, 21. I know I gave it to you very fast. You can't write that fast. Those scriptures show us the Antichrist and Satan conquering the saints, and he's after the saints during the tribulation period. Another set of verses that go with the post-tribbers. But now, with that said, go with me to Revelation chapter 12. Revelation chapter 12. And the context of Revelation chapter 12 is Israel, depicted as a woman, gives birth to a male child, Christ. He's caught up to heaven. That's the ascension after the cross and the resurrection. And then it says in verse 6, the woman, Israel, fled into the desert to a place prepared for her by God, where she might be taken care of for 1260 days or roughly three and a half years. This is during the tribulation period where God sovereignly takes care of Israel because the devil's after her. He hates Israel. Always has, always will. You jump down chapter 12, verse 13, when the dragon, that's the devil, saw that he had been hurled to the earth. He pursued the woman who had given birth to the male child The woman was given two wings of a great eagle so that she might fly to the place prepared for her in the desert where she would be taken care of for a time, time, and a half a time. That's three and a half years out of the serpent's reach. Well, because God sovereignly is taking care of Israel during this period, then the devil gets even more mad. Look at verse 17. 
Then the dragon was enraged at the woman and went off to make war against the rest of her offspring, those who obey God's commandments and hold to the testimony of Jesus. Wow. You have verses like these. You go back to Revelation chapter 11, verse 3. Two special witnesses during the tribulation period. And God says, I'll give power to my two witnesses and they will prophesy for 1260 days. Roughly three and a half years. Revelation chapter 13, verse 5. The beast, Antichrist, was given a mouth to utter proud words, blasphemies, and to exercise his authority for 42 months. You match those scriptures up with scriptures like Daniel chapter 7. I told you, Bible study, pay attention. Daniel chapter 7, if I can find it. And verse 25, he, Antichrist, will speak against the Most High and oppress his saints during the tribulation and try to change the set times and the laws. The saints will be handed over to him for a time, times, and a half a time, three and a half years. One more, a couple of people yawning. Okay, come on, come on. Daniel chapter 12, in Daniel chapter 12, the context you'll find in verse 2, multitudes who sleep in the dust of the earth will awake, some to everlasting life, others to shame and everlasting contempt. This is the end. Verse 6. One of them said to the man clothed in linen who was above the waters of the river, this angel, how long will it be before these astonishing things are fulfilled? And the man clothed in linen who was above the waters of the river lifted his right hand and his left hand toward heaven. And I heard him swear by him who lives forever saying, it'll be for a time, times, and half a time, three and a half years. What's the point? You have verses like these, and there are Christians who love the Lord, part of the church, and they are called mid-tribbers. And they believe that the rapture takes place in the middle of the tribulation period. So you got pre-tribbers, those who are right. You got post-tribbers, those who are wrong. You got mid-tribbers who I'm going, they got some good arguments there. Because you are paying such great attention. Um, A few years ago, a man named Marv Rosenthal, Jewish believer, came up with what's called the pre-wrath view. And the pre-wrath view says, we don't know exactly when during that seven-year tribulation period, but we know it's before the wrath of God really begins to fall, which I take issue with because the wrath begins to fall as soon as Jesus begins to unleash the seals. But they have some verses Pretty good verses. My wife read Marv Rosenthal's book years ago, shared his findings with me so I didn't have to read the book. And he had some good things to say in some scriptures. You just go, wow, yeah, yeah. And so here's the deal. It appears to me that God has put scriptures in the Bible to cause people to have all these different views. And Which one is right? Good question. Matthew chapter 24. Matthew chapter 24. Verse 36. Most important part right here. Most important part right here. 
you to go to sleep on me now? I'll just let you sleep while I keep talking. Verse 36, no one knows about that day or hour, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. As it was in the days of Noah, so it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. For as in the days of Noah, before the flood, people were eating and drinking, marrying, giving in marriage. Up to the day Noah entered the ark, and they knew nothing about what would happen until the flood came and took them all away. What? How could they not know? He's been preaching to them for 120 years. They didn't pay attention. That is how it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. Two men will be in the field. One will be taken, the other left. Two women will be grinding with a hand mill. One will be taken, the other left. Luke says two will be in the bed. One will be taken, the other left. That's a husband, a wife. One's saved, one's not saved. Therefore, because nobody really knows the exact timing, therefore, keep watch. Don't fall asleep because you do not know on what day. Your Lord will come. But understand this. If the owner of the house had known at what time of night the thief was coming, he would have kept watching, but would not have let his house be broken into. So you also must be ready because the Son of Man will come in an hour. You do not expect him. Here's the truth of the Scriptures. In light of the rapture of the church, because even if you don't believe, well, How can you not believe in the rapture? There is going to be a rapture. The question is when. But when all is said and done, no matter where you land, there's one more group out there, and their view is called the pan view. They're like, I'm not pre-trib, I'm not post-trib, I'm not mid-trib, I'm not pre-wrath. As a matter of fact, I haven't really studied it. It's going to all pan out in the end. And ultimately, it doesn't matter what view you have because he's going to come when we don't expect him. And the trumpet's going to sound when we don't expect it. So you won't have time to get ready. You have to be ready. In the last 10 minutes I have, that's the question. That's the most important question. Are you ready? How do I know if I'm ready? Well, since you're in Matthew 24... Just look at verse 45. He begins to tell us, Who then is the faithful and wise servant whom the master has put in charge of the servants in his household to give them their food at the proper time? It'll be good for that servant whose master finds him doing so when he returns. I tell you the truth, he'll put him in charge of all his possessions. But suppose that servant is wicked and says to himself, My master's staying away a long time. And he then begins to beat his fellow servants to eat and drink with drunkards. The master of that servant will come on a day when he does not expect him and in an hour he is not aware of. He'll cut him to pieces and assign him a place with the hypocrites. Will there be weeping and gnashing of teeth? You want to open up another can of worms? Either this person had never been saved or they lost their salvation. Oh, we don't want to get into that one today. But listen, the the emphasis of Scripture on that one is not whether you can lose it, but do you have it? Examine yourselves to see if you're in the faith. And there's Scriptures on both sides of that one. I wonder why. So that you don't take for granted that you walked down an aisle when you were 10 years old. You've been living like hell ever since. Oh, you lived for Jesus for a week. Do you have it? And if you do, are you ready? Because if you don't have it, you ain't ready.
We're so glad you tuned in today for Pastor Danny's message in the book of Revelation. If you missed any part of today's teaching or would like to explore more of the messages from this series, visit ccfstpete.church and click on Sermons. You'll be directed to our YouTube page, and we'd love for you to subscribe. When you do, you'll be notified by email every time we post a new message. If you have any questions for us about what you heard today or would like us to pray for you, please email us. Our address is info at ccfstpete.church. We're so privileged to be able to pray for you. You can connect with us on social media as well. Find The Living Word on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and jump into the conversations there. Find links to all of these at our website, ccfstpete.church. And if you happen to be in the St. Petersburg area, we want to meet you. Every message you hear on The Living Word comes from a teaching Pastor Danny has shared at Calvary Chapel Fellowship, and you're invited to join us for our weekly services. Our church is filled with imperfect people being made holy by our perfect Creator, and we know that you'll fit right in. Join us on Saturday at 6 p.m. or Sunday at 9 or 11 a.m. Find directions at our website. Again, that's ccfstpete.church. With that, our time with you has officially come to an end. There's much more to learn from the pages of Revelation, so we hope you'll tune in again right here on The Living Word.